40 days particularly I've been uh, uh, focusing on the book of Genesis Exodus reading again and again and I found very energized I found new things coming out of um, from the word uh, I know it is a written word you can't change that but it is the living word of God every time because it is living therefore the Holy Spirit is activate that word in our in our lives so I have found in these times when I was reading something fresh has come about and I want to share that with you see the people of God they were in slavery for in Egypt for 430 years that was said they will be in slavery and God also said I will send a deliverer after 430 years they got sent a deliverer his name is Moses and when you read the book of Exodus the first 15 chapters are basically dealing with that slavery and deliverance and the remaining 25 chapters are dealing with how they were guided they were told to live in the wilderness and before they reached into the promised land so I want to ask a few questions this morning before I read the scripture the text for this morning <clears throat> what is the connection between my behavior and my relationship with God this is for you to think what is the connection between my behavior and my relationship with God second question does God requires obedience to save us or not does God requires obedience to save us or not if he doesn't what motivate motivation is there for us to do what is right there is not needed from there if it doesn't what what motivation is there for us to do what is right and if he does how do we ever find the power to do what is right right so this is something for you to think and i hope to answer these questions by the time we finish um, this session there are two types of people religious and non-religious there is a section that is doesn't believe in God even even a person who doesn't believe in God also can be very religious sometime so there's one section feel that I need to change my behavior in order for me to be accepted therefore I got to keep doing this 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 to please God then there is another section where they feel that God loves me in any way therefore I don't need to do anything I can live the way we I want and God will do no harm to me I think both on the two extremes of religious people there's a pharisaical attitude you know you got to do this in order to get that and then there is a other section the opposite of the pharisaical attitude which is how oh, God loves us in any way so we can do what we want I can do what I want I can behave the way I want both are wrong the Bible really doesn't give us any evidence of this is the way we can actually go to behave we go to the Bible gives us a completely different picture 
So I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 19. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Now this was spoken at a time when they soon after they came out of, out of uh, um, Egypt. Not just soon, um, you know, they were there. See, you've you got to understand, like I mentioned, the first 15 chapter talked about how they were in slavery, and the remaining is actually talking about. This is chapter 19. So this is basically saying, see, look, you look back what I have done for you. Now, the order of this passage that we just read is hugely important for Christian life. It says, I have rescued you. Now that you are rescued, you will have to keep some rules. That will help you to have a relationship with me. You understood? I have rescued you. Now that you have been rescued. Because you were in slavery. 430 years. Do you have any idea? What does that mean? None of us lived that long. To understand. So even if you say I understand how it is to be in 430 years of slavery. You will not. 430 years of slavery means your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, and your great-great-grandfather all were slaves. Now your mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother all were slaves. That's how it is. 430 years. So, If somebody had to ask someone, what your father was doing? My father was a slave. And your grandfather, he also was a slave. It was not a proud moment to say to anyone, I was, I'm a slave, my father was a slave. Has anyone there? So, there was, so when you are in slavery for that long, and say, God says, I have rescued you, Therefore, now you come into this place, you don't know many things in life. Therefore, I have some rules. In my kingdom, there are some principles. Are you with me? So you don't know, you are under a slave master. It is the same. You you translate the same thing into our life. We were once under the lordship of who? Satan. We were his slaves. But then Jesus came into our life 
and he rescued us. Now we are no longer slaves, we are friends of God. We are friends of God and we are now in this new place. We have the freedom in Christ Jesus. Amen. So in this new life, you were a slave. When they were slaves, were there rules? Yes, there were rules. They were slave master. They were, they were asked to do this, not to do that. So there were rules. When you come into the kingdom, you don't kick the rules out of, your, out of the window. There are rules even in the kingdom of God. That's why he gave them the commandment. Because he knew that for, after 430 years, these, these people must be reclimatized. They were climatized to some particular way. Now they need to, be, need to hear something new. They never heard about this. All they cried out to God, we are suffering, we are struggling. And God came and rescued them. Now God saying, I have some things to do. I have rescued you. Now I have, I'm giving you some regulations. So that's where, when we talk about the rules, what comes to your mind first? Ten commandments, Right? So let's hear the Ten Commandments. Alvana is going to read Ten Commandments from the book of Exodus chapter 20, NIV version. Yeah. Yeah. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Amen. Thank you. So when you read the Ten Commandments, what comes to the... What is the first commandment it says? Yeah? See, we all make this mistake. What does it say first? It says, huh? it says, 
and god spoke all these words okay it is in the bible i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt out of the land of slavery that is where the beginning is very often we jump to the first one oh i am the lord your god yes it is true it will not change and you shall have no other gods that is also true but the first and the foremost thing is we were in slavery the bible says that we were not only in slavery we were dead in our sins when we were dead what do you think a dead person can do nothing what have we offered to god from our side before we met him no our sins <laughs> not nothing we generously contributed to god our sins we kept sinning we kept sinning and we did every single thing to 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 mount that sin against us and then now when a dead man can a dead man do anything no the dead man cannot do anything when you were in that condition he says i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt what did he do they were in slavery i am the lord your god who rescued you now that you have been rescued i have few things to tell you i am the lord your god you shall have no other gods see the motivation to do what is right is not to please god in saying that you know i need to i need to i need to be right with god so that he will save me he will save me the motivation to do right is not just we are not committing adultery just because we want to be saved we are not stealing because we want to be saved we are not coming committing adultery we are not indulging in those things now because we are saved now we want to please our god you see this is hugely important for christian life if we get the order right if we jump straight to say that you know you shall have no i am the lord your god you shall have no other god if you jump straight to that there will be a problem because you will always forget he rescued us first because he rescued us we want to hold him as our one and only god because he rescued us in my helplessness he rescued me when i was absolutely helpless he rescued me imagine now we don't have midwives you know looking after the delivery of uh, women bringing the ch- child uh, into this world in those days the midwife even the doctor the gynec before the gynecs came it was the midwives the gynec is looking at the child you know trying to come and telling the child will you do these these things things then i'll bring you out it is no you actually bring the child out into this world now that you are out you actually teach him how to walk now that he is out you teach him the ways of is that what you do with your children of course it was that is how we have done it we never held the baby back in the womb saying that aha uh-huh. you know 
If he knew, I'm saying this, if he knew this is what they're going to do, I would have tried. Stay there. Don't come out because this, I know what you're going to do. God knows us completely. He knew us and therefore he brought us out into this world. Right? Now, we are so quick to give rules before even people get saved. We tell people, take out all the idols and you know, we should not be saying that. Let them do it if they want to. If they are convinced. We know it is wrong. But that doesn't save anybody. Now that you are saved, you have this God as your only God. You don't want to do anything with that God. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we get the order upside down. We go and say, we do a cleansing job. Oh, this is bad. That is bad. See, first of all, we ourselves are bad. Got to start from that place. When I used to work out at sea, we were in a barge, we were doing a project in Bombay High. I was in charge of that particular project and we had nearly 500 people on board. Now, out at sea, once you're on board, you can't just go for a walk in the sea. You can't do that. This man, there was a man determined to commit suicide. So he attempted to jump out of the sea. We managed to hold him and then we didn't send him. We always kept a vigilant, you know, vigil around him, making sure that he know he is not. So we wanted to send him back, um, um, you know, on shore so that uh, we don't have to deal with those. But somehow he slipped our eyes and he jumped into the sea. It was in the night and we didn't know. And then we got to know a man overboard and uh, uh, we, we tried to uh, send the message to the Coast Guard and Coast Guard were on a search that night. Do you know Bombay High has a lot of dolphins? It's a beautiful uh, out there. I've seen it, you know, number of times. These dolphins, whole night, they played football with this man. They didn't allow him to go down. They kept pushing him up. They, they must have thought, there's a new toy has come. So he must have been screaming and they kept, kept him up. And finally, when the Coast Guard found him, he was alive. He was alive and they rescued him. Now imagine, the Coast Guard person comes and said, do you know how much you cost us? You are not supposed to jump into the sea. These are the rules that you have to do. Now that you are in the water, let me tell you, when you come, can you write and give it to me that you will not jump again? This man, the job, first job is to rescue the man before you give him any rules for the, for the living. Same, same thing with fire brigade. If your fire, house is caught on fire, what do they do first? They come and first they, first they put the fire off. Right? Yes or no? Yeah? Then they start rescuing the people. At the same time, they rescue the person and they put the fire off. And then they will tell you some things which you shouldn't have done it or you should not do it in the future. Don't leave your gas on in the night. When you wake up in the morning, put on the switch, then you'll have to call us like this. See, if you have to tell them first, they are in the fire and the room is, you know, you're not supposed to put on the gas. Do you know that? You know, why did you do it? Can you give me five reasons why, how this happened? No, no, no. You rescue that person who is completely helpless and if you don't rescue him, he will die. And once you rescue him, now you give him the laws. 
you give him the precepts you give him the commands brothers and sisters very often we got this wrong and the result is we are doing things completely the opposite in romans chapter 5 verse 8 and 10 but god demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us but god say with me but god but god do you understand you see this is so important when we read each of this word he's not that but god demonstrated that is past tense right it's not that he will demonstrate that is future which means it's a present continuous tense he demonstrates amen my english is correct right <laughs> he but god demonstrate his love that means at this very moment is doing it do you know every 5 second in india right from the time we started the service hundreds of people died every 5 second an indian dies every 5 second and most of those people who die does not know jesus christ when i mentioned to you about this prayer 10 people see brothers and sisters we have one life to live and we think that we are saved now we are on my on our way to heaven no that is not the only thing we have a responsibility to make sure that others are saved also if we saying that you know yes it is wonderful to hear testimonies of uh, how god has given us how god has blessed us how god has healed us but how about some testimony from this list i've been praying for this 10 people for the last one month to have become christian now two have given their life to the lord and they are brought from the masters of slavery to the master of freedom how about that how about that and it says for if while we were god's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more say with me how much more how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life okay here is a catch now i don't have any enemies you're all my friends happy okay and i hope you reciprocate the same thing with me as well i don't have any enemies but i used to have enemies and i never thought of even giving him a chocolate never enemies you know what i was scheming do you know i what i had thoughts about murdering people i'm telling you thoughts especially sometimes when i have these thoughts you know enemies you know if i had an opportunity i have the opportunity but i can't do it <laughs> 
See, we never think of even being kind to our enemies. But God, in his mercy, what he did for us, he sent his own son while we were still his enemies. He sent his son to die for us. That's God's love. That's God's love. And it says, How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Now, when you were helpless, when you were dead, when you were separated from God, he gave his son for you and I to, to give us a new life. How much more that he will do for us now? But we don't understand this. What we are focusing on, oh God, please, you know, my job, my business, my promotion, my this, my that. See, we were doing that anyway before we became a Christian. Yes or no? The question is, you didn't know Jesus, so you prayed to some other God. If you knew Jesus, you went to church and burned the candle and, you know, you did all that kind of thing. Garlands, Nariel, you name it. You did that before. Now, he has given his son to you so that you'd be rescued. Now that you're rescued, how much more you will do it now? How much more? So the question is, our prayers really need to change and our testimonies need to change as well. Our testimonies have that, you know, I, I've been in this situation, I knew that God would save me and he did save me. It is so important, brothers and sisters, Christians, our testimonies and our prayers are warped, to be honest. I'm thinking it is so much of self that is, he has taken care of you in any way. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You See, if, if when, you were, when you were far away from God, he sent his son to die, you are his enemy. At that time, he sent his son to die. In this new life, will he not save you in the current political scenario? Will he not heal you when you are sick? Will he not provide for you when you are, because, when you are his child? See, we were not his children. We were not, we are all God's creation but we become the child of God only through Jesus Christ. We were not his children. We were only his creation. From creation, we moved that position. Now we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Will you not help your child? Will you not do things for your child? If you do so much, he said that you are earthly fathers with evil intent, Still do good things for your children. How much more our heavenly father will do for you? How much more? Bless, but our focus is completely changed. He rescued us. He's given us, given us the rules. For what? In order for us to have an ongoing relationship with him. That's why before they were rescued, he sent Moses and Moses confronted Pharaoh and said, let my people go. For what? So that they will be having a good time or they will have a land flowing with milk and honey. It was part of the deal. Let my people go so that they will worship me. Worship means what? We have now a commune, communion with God. 
That is what it is. I worship God because He is my God. I have no other God. He is my God and I worship Him. You get what I'm saying? That is what it is. So, the very purpose in which God saved us, rescued us when we were helpless, given us things to do in this new rules and regulations is not to put us down, not to keep an eye on us. Oh, you're doing this. <laughs> and, and you know, we get all kinds of things and say that, you know, I, have, I looked at that. Oh my goodness. Now I don't know. I need to go back again. God save me again. No, no, you have been rescued. Now you are in this journey. Now you keep this. So your motivation to be pure and holy is so that you will have an ongoing relationship with God. Your motivation to love your neighbor. See, none of us are naturally people who love, you know, wanting to do that. Love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor. That doesn't come to us naturally. But he rescued us. He has given us these things. And now he's saying that I will do that because I can have ongoing relationship with God. In Exodus chapter 24, I'll read this and when, then we close. When Moses went, come to, when Joseph, uh, Moses went and told the people all the all that all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord has said. He got up early in the next morning, built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and set up 12 stones, stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls and fellowship offering to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it, on, put it, put it in, a bowl, in bowls and the other half that he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, which is again the written law, and, re- and read it to the people. And they responded by saying, we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled on the people and said, this is what the blood of the covenant of the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and all the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like the pavement made of lapis, lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these elders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. Now, many of you would have thought that, you know, oh, nobody has seen God. That is not true. Nobody has seen God. Is not. This, is, this is the word of God. It is written, these men not only saw God, but they also ate and drank. But then you look at it, hey, God saved over a million people. Why only 70? They beheld God for the first time. It was limited to Moses, but now these 70 had an opportunity. Wow. Wow. Like a blue sky. They were all standing in a thing. You know, a blue sky kind of thing under their feet. And they beheld God. 
See, God said, don't let anybody come. I will strike them down. But at this time, God didn't strike because the God of the universe now wants to have a fellowship with his people. He rescued them. He gave them rules. Now he says, I want to have ongoing relationship. But the 70 is not complete, isn't it? 70, 74 of them is still incomplete. The God of the universe wants to have relationship started with those people and that continued 2000 years ago when Jesus broke bread with his disciples. He didn't give them a tablet. He gave them, drawn them to the table. He said, tablet, the time for tablet is over. Now come to my table. Partake in this cup. Partake in this bread. This is my body. It is not something written in stone. It is written with my blood. There is a covenant. You and I have a relationship. And I want to say, I want to have this relationship with you daily. Every day. Every day. And few days later, the 12 grew to 3,000. And few days later, the 3,000 became another 5,000. And it reached to millions. Today, billions are having meal with the creator of God. Billions around the world having this relationship with God. Now, many, many partake in the bread and the cup knowing that it is a ritual. It is not a ritual. It is a sacrament. It is instituted by God for this purpose to remember that we were helpless. We were dead. He rescued us and he given us rules and regulations as we keep these rules and regulations so that we can have ongoing relationship. So when we partake in the bread and the cup, when he say, do this in remembrance of me, we got to remember ourselves and remind ourselves saying that, look, I was helpless, but he rescued me. I was dead, now I'm made alive. I was a slave, now I'm a friend of God. Now, I want, to, I want to obey God. I want to live a holy life. I, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to just have things only for my own benefit. I want to live for the purpose of God and I want to constantly serve this God. It is for that purpose He has brought us. Amen. This morning I want us to, this afternoon we want us, I want us to break bread. I want us to break bread. I want to ask the team to come up. We're going to sing this song, My Jesus, My Savior. He has done it for us, brothers and sisters. Let's partake in the bread and the cup. Knowing this, that which you cannot, could not do, He did it for us. We were enemies of God. Now we are friends of God. And Jesus desires this ongoing fellowship with you and I. Therefore, he has given us things to do. Therefore, he has told us things not to do. So we do it not as an obligation. We obey his commands not as an obligation. We do it because we want to have ongoing fellowship with them. Amen.